0: You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Hey guys, it's Joel with the Editing Bay with some good news, bad news. Good news is we have a new episode for you this week. That's right, the Remo Williams episode that was uh, announced a few weeks back that we had to push off. Uh, here it is. This is Joe's pick, and I know he was excited about you guys listening to it. The bad news is uh, we had some technical difficulties. I was out of town, unfortunately, for this episode, so I left the equipment behind with uh, Joe to figure out. And uh, apparently my instructions weren't as uh, thorough as they could have been. Uh, because the audio did not turn out uh, to our standards. But luckily we stream on Facebook, uh, so it is not a completely lost episode, but you will be listening to the Facebook live audio stream, unfortunately. Um, doesn't sound quite as good. It's a little echoey, uh, but you can still make out what everyone is saying. Still very entertaining. Uh, we've got special guest and friend of the show, Jason Cox, and of course Tess, uh, to talk about Remo Williams. But you'll have to forgive the audio quality. We'll be back next week with a new Thanksgiving-themed episode. But for now, please forgive us and try to enjoy Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins. <laughs>
1: sleep oh my gosh so i i honestly when you were watching it here the other day and i saw just little bits and pieces of that really terrible copy you were watching it was but it was so like it was so compelling that it didn't matter how bad it was like i was just engaged well that's the thing that's what put me over the top to be like all right we're gonna go see it this weekend so Andrew and i went and saw it um i'm a huge fan of the Kubrick version of The Shining. Yes, sir. Oh my gosh, Doctor Sleep was the perfect sequel. Really, mm-hmm. it was beautifully done. It told an amazing story in my mind, very much in the vein of Stephen King. But then, when they get to the parts that tie in oh, to yeah. The Shining, I and mean, uh-huh. really get their hooks into it, oh man, I was out of my seat for the last half. Of the movie. I couldn't for the last twenty minutes. I couldn't breathe. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I held my breath that for twenty minutes. When he pulls up with her, and he's like, and "Spoilers!" Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and He's like, "I don't want you to be in that place a minute longer than you need to be." And she's like, "Well, why are you going? I need to go wake it up." I was like, "Oh yes! Oh yes. God, yes!" And 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 it, it just the things that he did—they did with the casting. Uh, there were a couple of weak spots yeah. uh, on on casting all these years later. Uh-huh. But I gotta say, uh, the casting of Dick. Uh huh. Oh my gosh! Yes, that was awesome. It was a good bit of casting. Oh. What I liked is that Doctor Sleep was a—it was an appropriate sequel to both the book mm-hmm. and the movie. Like it, it, it's, it fit both of those molds while still kind of being true to itself at the same time, which, which is rare when you see it like a book to movie translation. It was—it was so good, and I don't think they could have picked a better person than you and McGregor to play. As older Danny Torrance, I, I had my doubts at first. So did I when I first saw that and realized who he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just the way he played it off, the way they told his story, yeah. and that's the thing. This wasn't so much a horror movie mm-hmm. as it was. I mean, there were definitely horror elements, and there was some imagery that will haunt me till the day I die. Oh, wow. The uh, the projection sequence. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh dear God. Yeah. Just the the weird camera angle, all without trying to spoil too much of anything. Uh huh. Unbelievable imagery, like he's sitting there, like jaw agape. I like that, that the I liked the villain of the film, uh, and I liked the fact that she wasn't like this infallible villain mm-hmm. that we see her struggling to learn at the same time as our new hero does as well. Yes. In fact, our new hero seems a little overly confident at times. Uh, yes. And and you know, rightfully so. She's super powerful. So good for you. Uh, but what I thought was really cool about this film is that it's almost like, I, I'm going to use the term horror, but I kind of agree with you, it's not a traditional horror movie. It is like the Stephen King horror version of the story of Anakin and Luke Skywalker, like the sins of the father, uh, you know, it, it's it's definitely this this redemption kind of tale, uh, if not for just thought, well, not for Danny, but there's this scene that he has, uh, there's, okay, a little bit of a spoiler, there's, there's a scene a flash he flash. has in this AA meeting Oh, where yeah. he talks about like, I know my father would have liked to have been here. I'm standing here where my father was, so there was definitely, there was definitely trying to keep away from vilifying Jack Torrance too much, but also like, we revisit that later on, and it's like, oh my God, this is, and that I think you would come walking out. This is me struggling not to spoil too much of the movie, uh, but you would come walking out, and I just like threw my hands up, like, oh, okay. Alright, well then there we go. The bartender. Yeah. Nice. Well nice. I think I, I think it's one of those things, and maybe it's because I'm older and a little wiser to movie tricks now, but it was it was telegraphing who that was. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just waiting to catch a glimpse and yeah. the way they did it and the phrasing they used. Um, and, and again, that falls right into my only real shortcoming with the movie was the casting yes. of a couple of characters. Yeah. But even that one, there were a few moments where the eyebrow uh-huh. landed it. Yeah. And that's all I needed. Uh-huh. You know. Um, but at the same time, today I saw the Jim Carrey Deep Fake Jack Torrance video. Uh-huh. If you haven't seen that yet, I it's haven't. very impressive. Um, it, it's it's the whole typewriter scene with him. you come in here and you hear me typing oh, <laughs> you wow. know, that whole scene, <laughs> but they put Jim Carrey's face over it. Yeah, The fact that they can do that so flawlessly, uh-huh. you should have been able to slap. It's, it's yeah, Jack Nicholson on, on there. Well, it could have been a Jack Nicholson thing, too. Like, you know, ben, if he didn't want them to use it, yeah. then I think he still has, he's still alive, right? Jack Nicholson? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, still yeah. with us. Like he he hasn't know. done a movie since, what, the bucket list? It's been a yeah. while. Yeah.
2: He just goes to Laker games now.
1: Does <laughs> he still go to Laker games? <laughs> My whole thing is, you don't, he used to be what, the most visible person at the Oscars. Yeah,
2: but you don't really see him at the Oscars anymore. So do you see him at the Lakers? Yeah, you do. I mean, it's, it's a show box now with both teams having big uh, stars on. Yeah. yeah. You know, sports. sports like sports. Drake. That's the uh, Raptors. Oh, because
1: Canada. he's Canadian. Yeah. You know he's responsible for them winning.
2: I mean, or dude, losing. Dude, dude, or winning.
1: Did they win? Yeah, they won. They won? They God, definitely it's all Drake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. He got a ring. Last name ever. He got a ring with him. First name greatest. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we the greatest sprite commercial ever. Uh, so, so, I disagree. You disagree? <laughs> uh, what else? No, you got anything else? No, but uh, now I want to talk about Dr. Sleep a little bit. I mean, Did you see yeah, it? I haven't seen it yet, but I want to ask you guys a couple of questions. Just sure. I mean, I'm still going to see it anyway. I know there's spoilers and other people might. Okay. Not. But um, so, how much of it was well, the uh, Shining episode to, That was last week That was last by, week By
1: the way We just need a sign That you guys can throw up That just says Spoiler zone <laughs> And that way You can take it down So
2: people <laughs> know <laughs> When they're <laughs> watching <laughs> The video They're a great idea how <laughs> way to the Spoiler
0: Okay Look, go ahead But now how
2: much So how much of it uh, referenced like The Shining And like how much of it Was like paying Old Thomas it In different scenes Would you say
1: uh, many. many Many Like, like, like there's there's so many. There's a scene where uh, Ewan McGregor is talking to a doctor. Is it? It's a doctor. At, at his AA meeting, it's the. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the guy who's in Star Trek. Can't remember Bruce Greenwood, uh, and that whole thing is staged just like the meeting that Jack has with Ullman at the Overlook at the beginning of The Shining. Down to like, the office. Yeah, down to the office. It's really interesting, like how these these things resonate and echo across the years like it's really neat and how many years like uh did it say how many years 30 years years, later. it's like
2: grown man everything's yeah
1: and so what's happening is that there are other people that shine obviously that have these powers but there's like this this group of people you would almost compare them to vampires like they eat the shine and so they're hunting people down like they've got people going out and scouting and trying to figure out like where are they? Where, where are the people that have the powers? And they go and they try to consume that. And it, it keeps them from aging too fast. It, yeah. Um, and so they key in on this little girl uh, who's basically, OK, so they, they kill this little boy uh, played by the kid from Room, uh, Jacob Tremblay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kill him. And this little girl senses it. And they sense her. One of the villains senses her presence and starts to kind of track her down. And every time she tries to track this girl down, she ends up getting <laughs> getting fucked up a little bit. But uh, but they realize like this girl is way powerful. Her shine could feed us forever. And so meanwhile, this little girl has befriended Danny Torrance, uh, like over like miles and miles just through this, this telepathy. And they've had the, for eight years. They've had conversations and stuff. He's got this blackboard. Oh, in I his forgot room. that much time. It's passed. Yeah, there's yeah, an eight yeah. year time leap. And so he writes on his chalkboard. And it's, she reads it in her mind, and then when she thinks something back, it writes itself on the chalkboard. In her handwriting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so they've kind of become friends over the years, and uh, eventually she learns about what's going on with these bad guys and, and gets truth. in touch with him and, and is like, you need to go. You need to go search for this. Oh, shit.
2: Yeah. But do they, and do they ever have to go? I mean, this is a big spoiler. I know. Do they have to go back to the Overlook at any Yes.
1: Way? Yeah. Oh. It's the final act of the movie. Oh, They go wow. back to the Overlook. That's, that's what I was talking about where... They drive up there and he's like, I don't want you to go in. This place is dangerous for people like us. So I assume it's going to be dangerous for people like them. So he brings in. he's like, I don't want you to be in there a minute longer than you have to. But then he goes in and he like wakes up the spirits and stuff. Oh shit! And there's also an element of after the incident at the Overlook as a kid, uh, Dick Halloran teaches him how to like contain the evil spirits that come after him because they're still hungry. And so there's this there's this way that all of the people that shine have like these, if, if you've ever watched Sherlock, there's the mental palace or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They have something that's kind of like that. Everybody has something that's like that, uh, that's unique to them, but it's a way that they store those things and keep them locked away. Uh, and it, it's, really, it's really fun to see how those are different for everybody. Shit, I gotta see this. You do need to yeah, see this movie. It's, it's fantastic. I, I
2: remember you watching it the other day, and you didn't say shit to me for like 20 minutes no, <laughs> when I walked in. If, <laughs> if you, <laughs> even thing. if
1: you haven't seen The Shining in years, mm-hmm. this movie is well worth going. Going see. first of all, it's just even standalone, amazing, and it does just enough of telling you the story of The Shining mm-hmm. to be able to go, oh yeah, I remember all that stuff yeah. And, yeah. at the very beginning. But then, I mean. The first hit of music yes, is, is uh, it, uh, yeah, it's they, beautiful. They, yeah, they, they, they pay respect to it. There's so many shots. You remember that opening shot of The Shining? That's yeah, like the flying over the lake. Flying over the lake. Yeah. That happens again. Like, they, they revisit it. The thing that they did in this movie, like, how they would go back, they kind of wink and nod and, and give you little hints of what happened before. Mm-hmm. You could almost compare it to what George Lucas did in the prequel trilogy for Star Wars where he had little nods to things. But it wasn't done so on the nose and so clumsily. Like, you know, it, it was there, but there wasn't like this big neon sign pointing that's to it. Point, Look, this is a thing we're referencing. Yeah, that's good. It was just there. I would recommend if you're going to see it, watch it. I mean, you just watched The Shining like yeah, a week like or two a week. A week. Yeah. So you're good. You're yeah. caught up. Go see this. Only but if I you mean. haven't seen it in 20 years, watch the movie again before you see
2: this. Only thing I'd ask is when
1: you did it at all. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not, not, uh, um, but it's a different actress they, they recast got it. Wendy they got it. and the They're actress that plays her i think is really good Thank oh God. that's actually there's a part where she comes running out i don't know if they used original audio mm-hmm. but where she's calling for Danny and i'm like yeah it, it sounds exactly like it. yeah no i think it's all this actress it it was it was actually really that was the again the debate Andrew and i had leaving the movie theater was wh- what what could they have done to make her I mean, nobody's that toothy. You know? uh-huh. Nobody's. Like, <laughs> it's Shelley Duvall. Shelley it's Duvall. The ever so toothy Shelley Duvall. But, uh, yeah, anyway, it, it, oh, it, it honestly, I, I love horror movies. I love suspenseful movies along those lines. And The Shining being one of those kind of up on a pillar, like, mm-hmm. like just jewels in my collection. Yeah. This was an amazing sequel. Mm-hmm. So, it's. Well worth it. it. does not disappoint. Check it out. Yeah, So uh, this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe without a Joel. But I'm just yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joel's in Chicago this week doing some work. And so we have the equipment. We brought it here to the office where all three of us work. Thank you, Jason, for letting us set this up here. Uh, Thank you for inviting you me know. to be back on the show. Bro, it's been, what, five years since you've been on? Has it really been That's that true. long? It's been five years, I think, five years since you've been on here. Was the last time we did the Star Trek episode? Yeah. Wow. With Joe Porter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, it has been a while. It's been a long time. I think the last time you were on the show, we were still recording at the radio station. I think you're right, two jobs ago. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are at, uh, at, at, I don't know, can we say the name of the office? I, I, I don't
2: care.
1: At the Sensory Interactive office here in Dallas. Uh, yeah. We've got our, our screen that Jason set up with the, the Remo Williams. Which you animation. can't see on the Facebook feed. Oh, okay, can you not? You see the bottom of it. You know what, guys? It's OK, just look it up. <laughs> Google it, it you find It's an, a piece of the original Remo Williams poster, <laughs> which I had as a kid. Yeah. It's, uh, it's beautiful and you know what it sums up if you don't remember anything else about this movie it sums up the most memorable part like it will be etched in your mind after you see it because it's such a unique action sequence yeah even Um, though ever since i was a kid nothing about the poster ever made sense no because how did he get out there? How did he get out there on the edge of a crown? How is it he's hanging from that? Jason, much like the movie itself that has some problems <laughs> with continuity, which we will be getting into. <laughs> Every week we talk about movies. Uh, they might be good movies, they might be bad movies, no matter what the case. Every week we get together and we watch a movie and we talk about it, and we invite you, our lovely editing-made listeners, to take part in the discussion. Whether you're on Facebook Live right now, hello, uh, or if you're listening after the fact on the uh, the actual podcasting channel, we invite you to take part in the discussion, go to editingbay.com uh, slash, or no, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Facebook.com <laughs> slash editingbay. Man, I'm skipping to the end. Uh, or uh, go to the uh, search bar, put in the editing bay. It's because we're sitting in different spots. I, hey, you That's gotta do both, parts of the got got to do
2: both parts. I gotta do both
1: parts. I gotta do it. Uh, go, go to the search bar, put in the editing bay, find the image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, Click on that and uh, that's where you can find us and talk back to us. Let us know what you think about the movie of the week uh, because we are about to dive into one of my childhood favorites, a movie that I forgot all about until probably three, four weeks ago when I was just kind of scouring some of like the pirate sites. <laughs> yeah, it's, we were sitting here in the office and my office is actually on the other side of this wall kind of back from everybody. And I hear this, I mean, I hear maybe two bars of music mm-hmm. and come running out of my office. Yeah. Are you watching Rebo Williams? Yes. I was like, you know, I am. I'm watching some Remo fucking Williams. Uh, yeah, I forgot all about this. This movie was a childhood favorite. Like, I watched this on repeat over and over. Oh my God. This was one of those movies. I didn't see it in the theater, but it was one of those movies that like caught it on TV with my dad. Me and my father would it watch. Always, always. That's the story. That's really the story for a lot of movies. Like me and my dad would watch it sitting around, which makes me think maybe me and my dad didn't do a whole fucking lot. We just sat around and watched TV And he's watching right now I see that he posted something Yeah, I saw that too (laughs) But we just sat around, we watched TV He's the one that told me He's like, you know that guy who plays the uh, Korean Is Joel Grey And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck Joel Grey is (laughs) I'm eight years old I don't know who that is Um, But yeah, it's Remo Williams The Adventure Begins from 1985 Directed by Guy Hamilton. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he directed like Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever, oh, wow. Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun—arguably some of the best Bond movies. Uh, he also uh, directed Force 10 from Navarone, uh, and this movie is also written by the guy who wrote the, the original Bond films. So that comes as no surprise when later on in the movie there's completely a bond style henchman that we run into. <laughs> I don't think that's a bond style henchman. That is a discount bond. It's it's a henchman, discount boy, bond green value. Uh the budget the budget for this movie was forty million dollars. Really? It wow. brought in domestically it brought in fourteen point four million. Big flop. So, it's you awesome. weren't the only
2: one that did not see it in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea this existed until yeah. you told me. Well,
1: let me this. tell you what audiences had the chance to see at the same time when Remo Williams came out. These are the other movies that came out in 1985. It might explain why it didn't make much money. Back to the future. The Goonies, The Breakfast Club, The Color Purple, Weird Science, Rambo First Blood Part 2, Rocky IV, Witness, Pale Rider, Cocoon, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, St. Elmo's Fire, Fright Night, uh, Teen Wolf, Explorers, Commando, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, Fletch, another Bond movie, A View to a Kill, uh, Clue, Lady Hawk, Better Off Dead, The Last Dragon, Spies Like Us. Guys, I tried to cut some of these out, but they all seem pretty relevant. Uh, real Genius, Once Bitten, American Ninja... The Return of the Living Dead, Friday the 13th, Part 5, A oh. New Beginning, wow. and Silverado. That was a good year for movies. That was a fantastic was year for movies. That may have been the pinnacle for me in movies. Right. St. Elmo's Fire? Saint, yeah. Saint <laughs> <Elmer's> Fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh have God. you not seen St. Elmo's I Fire? Yeah. Why, yeah. Yeah, it's Rob Lowe yeah. and yeah. T. and John Bender. Oh
2: man, I love Bender.
1: <laughs> so I think with that list you had people who were already paying out the nose to go see all these other movies and it, was a, it was a big year so Remo Williams understandably so, would probably fly under a lot of people's radars yeah, I don't think it was until years later that I happened to catch it, I think my dad rented it or something, mm-hmm. I was wow. like, oh what's this yeah, so <laughs> probably the same story with me yeah, and then we watched this movie I'm like, where did this come from? so your dad had the vision that's yeah, <laughs> Your dads Both of our dads They had the they, vision for B-level action yes. They knew how to drum up some really, really bad movies So the movie is based on a, a series of pulp action novels Called The Destroyer uh, Written and created by Warren Murphy And uh, I can't remember who the other the other person is But the reason why Richard Saker The reason why Warren Murphy sticks in my mind though Is because he is an author of one of my favorite fantasy novels called The Forever King and it's a movie, a movie it's a book about uh, King Arthur being reincarnated they discover King Arthur's back and he's a little boy mm-hmm. and he's reunited with like this guy named Martin who's really Merlin the wizard and Sir Galahad who's a police detective and they end up uh, having to like fight the forces of darkness that are trying to hunt him down mm-hmm. Mordred over the centuries is trying to hunt him down and they get their knights of the round table which is a biker gang <laughs> of course and, they are. And it's like this totally cool, trippy fantasy novel. Uh, and so I, I had no idea that Warren Murphy was behind it. Now, knowing that, that it's based on a, a pulp action book, this movie makes a whole lot more sense with the pacing, the way that it, it goes through its motions, and especially like how it's building the character. They definitely thought that they were going to franchise this. This act. is very yeah. clearly an origin story movie. Yeah, I mean, down to the title. The movie. adventure begins. Mm-hmm. Yes. But and that was always my thing. It was. It, it seemed like there was so much and more it, to do. It. <laughs> it,
0: well, it did that's exactly the danger the of
1: subtitling your movie yeah. with the adventure. Because <laughs> like you better know about
2: those returns before you do
1: that. Exactly. Well, but then there was. That's why George the, Lucas waited like five years before he gave his movies numbers, chapter numbers. <laughs> well, like, oh, we're gonna make more. Okay. There was an attempt at a television series. Oh. oh. Uh, and I know, because we watched the trailer, we watched part of it the other day, and I went back and researched it. I did see it as a kid, because it did air. It did air. I saw uh, that, too. It just didn't get bought. Exactly. The one pilot aired, and it was horrible. It's horrendous. Yeah, it's terrible. It's. It looks like it was made in, like, 1978. It has it, it, there's no, I mean this was the movie was made in nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Oh yeah. It and was a the, big step backwards. The dude who plays Remo looks like uh, what's his name? From Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. Like he's got the the y hair and stuff I'm like <laughs> a cast off from bosom <laughs> <months>. Exactly. <laughs> what are you doing with this? Again we were in nineteen eighty five and we were we were turning a corner as far as like fashion and media were going and like it the part of the reason I'm sure this thing didn't get picked up is because it felt like such a big step backward. Yes. Um so, that, mis- that was miscast, the show. The movie, I think, was cast really well, and it's funny to find out the people that were up for the role that didn't get it. Uh, originally, Bruce Willis was being considered for the role oh, of Remo Bruce Williams, the Illis, <laughs> Bruno, uh, and also Ed Harris was up for this role. And uh, one of the producers blames the lack of uh, performance of this movie on the fact that they went with Fred Ward but instead. Really? See, and I find that hard to accept because the unknown Bruce Willis at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I try to imagine him in this role, and it would have been a different movie. Yeah, completely. And I don't <laughs> think I would. It would have. Have been diehard? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just about the same. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really strong diehard. Feel. And then Ed Harris, I just think he's too much of a presence for this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, uh, he, he carried just the right level of cocky douchebaggery. Just enough to to pull this role off. I think he filled it well. There's there's a weird but not off-putting element of oafishness yes that Fred Ward has that like that endears you to him while you're watching this movie. It also makes you wonder like why was he chosen to be a part of this secret society of assassins and stuff? He he doesn't seem like there's anything really redeemable about him within the first five minutes. Well it starts <laughs> off he's a cop that gets stuck in the middle of what seems to be some just random altercation between some punks. Yeah. It turns out it was staged all along. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But then, you know, he gets pushed into the water in his cop car with his you know hula thing <laughs> on the face. Yes. Yes. I feel like pushing someone's car into the bay is not really a good way to fake someone's death, yeah. but more like guarantee it. Yeah, exactly. It's a bad idea. So he must have scuba divers waiting. But the thing well, is, what they did. what got me... Oh, I guess I must have looked away at that Yeah, point. When, when you see the scuba divers <laughs> Oh, on yeah, yeah. Down again. yeah, Sorry, it's been a while since I watched it this morning. Um, <laughs> a lot's happened. In all fairness, a lot has happened. <laughs> a lot has. Well. But it's... Um, one of the things that got me about it was because he has that terrible mustache in the beginning. Oh. It's so bad. <laughs> and then he wakes up in the hospital who what did you do that's not my face
0: face. (laughs) we
1: changed your face (laughs) we shaved off your mustache (laughs) (laughs) removed his bad mustache like a bad one like there are parts in the movie where he's like drinking his coffee and you see that the hairs aren't attached to his face what uh but yeah that that always got me where they were like yeah we've changed your face mr williams and i always thought, like, and this was before I was able to rewind it, and look up, he doesn't look any different. Not at all. It changed his hairline a little bit, and they shaved his <laughs> mustache. But the same. he also, his name wasn't Mr. Williams. It was, oh, That, that was the, was the right. name they got off the bed. Hand. The bedpan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a la, uh, usual suspects. <laughs> you know, I really liked that character, Mac. Yeah. And, and the yeah. way they build him up, like, I really thought he was going to turn on Remo or something at some point, but I really liked him. I liked how uh, that, that... That actor is the same one who plays the judge in A Few Good Men. Uh, and I, I wish I could remember something else that he's done, but yeah. he's really good. He's got such a cool, subtle performance to him. Uh, but yeah, when he comes up with Remo's name, he's like, a lot of thought went into that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> moment. And I don't remember catching that as a kid either, mm-hmm. that thing. And, and then, of course, he's got, you know, this whole secret organization that, that he works for. The Cure. Yeah. yeah. Friday I'm in love <laughs> I'm out, see you guys <laughs> Alright, so uh, Tess But no, who is co-chaired by Wilford Brimley Wilford Brimley, Mr. Oatmeal himself, <laughs> oh who does God. nothing in this movie except sit and play on a computer The whole time, the whole time you play and on it. And He's watching it I've got the point. smartest Apple II <laughs> that, that unassuming little box right there Diabetes. <laughs> that is that is one of the show. Like one of the things that sorely dates this movie is the technology. Like when they go into pl- the place where the harp is, and-, and Mac has this. He hands off to Remo. The piece of information that he stole, and I'm like, man, thank God, data storage has shrunk since then, because he's got this huge data reel. what's
0: magnetic tape? I
1: was like, reel to reel. What the hell is he going to do with that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> he had that in his well, jacket
1: he back in the day, before iPhones and such. That's how data was stored. Was on magnetic tape. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What are these
2: things?
1: (laughs) There's a lot of. You say. There's a lot of. One of my favorite tropes in movies like this is the. There's a conversation going on, and someone walks in the door and interjects, like appropriately. And I'm like, that only <laughs> that only happens to me. That never happens to me. Like, what if we were hanging out here and you're talking to, like, Tess about something? And you're like, hey, Tess, you know, did you get the content? The... And I just walk in the door and go, well, that content is actually in the in box. Like, no one does that. No one. But somehow in these cheesy B-action movies, like, it, it's okay. It works. It's fine. And, and I don't know if it's because of the cartoony nature of what's going on in this film, because there's this... Weird Karate Kid Rocky aspect to this movie, definitely, and also like a Lethal Weapon buddy cop thing happening. Uh, But but the the kind of element that they create is it's like you're clearly watching fiction. I I don't know how else to elucidate this, but like there there's just an element. There's something about this movie where you know
2: like not another teen movie. Yeah, it's like not another bad action movie. Like (laughs) all in one. But it's still kind of a legit story on its own. Exactly. That's what's crazy about it, but it the way, like everything that happens in it, you'll see in all of your different like uh, bad action movies. But the story is still good enough to where you're like, I have to see this in. Yeah, like, I've got to see how this all goes. It's just it. enough off
1: kilter from reality with that stuff that it feels like a comic book movie. Sure, it feels like it came from a pulp. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that's kind of where I dismissed a lot of it. So one of the things that's important to have, especially in 1985, is a good score, and. Holy shit. Holy shit. The score to this movie, like, just within seconds, we were talking about it just a couple seconds ago, like, that score starts and you're like, okay, I'm in. Alright. Oh my god. Da 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 Ba, ba, ba. I think we were driving panda nuts all day today. <laughs> we were all sad. three of us were doing that today <laughs> in the office.
2: It's like I didn't understand at first, but as soon as it came in, I was like, oh my god, I understand. I get why you guys have been doing this. It You're just, yeah, just like pumps you up. You're like, oh! It's infectious. It's what? like, oh my god. Let the adventure begin. But
1: there's actually, but there's all those themes that are in it. There's the Remo Williams theme. There's yeah. the but Chun theme. there's thing. the Chun theme that's really good. I mean, there's just all these different elements. It's like, man, they've dumped most of the budget. All into the score, it had to. But yeah. then, uh, so that was the thing that's always been one of the things that stuck out to me about this movie. So when I went to IMDb today, I'd be like, all right, who scored this movie? With no information, mm-hmm. none, except for some the guy from Sticks that did an. Oh, who did the, the theme song, the credit music? Yeah, that was. So I went digging, and actually, the guy that did it, uh, where did I put that? Uh, Craig Saffin
0: mm-hmm.
1: is the guy that did Last Starfire. Wow, The soundtrack to that, and now thinking on it, listening to it, it's like, no, I hear a little bit of crossover. Yeah, But to be fair, he also did the soundtrack to Major Payne, so,
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs>
1: so the, um, the, the character of Chun, so to kind of go through the story, um, Remo, yeah, the, the, the secret organization recruits him, they fake his death and give him a new identity, yeah. and now he works for them. And in order to work for them, he has to train with this this master of a made-up, this fictitious martial art. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but she, she, Oh, God, I just heard it. Uh, man, it's being, don't try, because yeah. this is going to be offensive. So, uh, so he, has to, he has to learn this martial art or whatever. And that's where things get a little muddy when it comes to this story, because it's like the whole movie is kind of about the relationship between Remo and Chun. But then at the same time, it's like someone realized, well, hey, we need to put some bad guys in this movie, oh, oh my so let's have some kind of a weird bond thing going on. We're like, let We're into the bucket of cliche there's, villains. There's an <laughs> evil satellite that people can use to target around the world, and we can't let them have this, so go infiltrate this. Uh, and let's also shoehorn in a love interest. Played by Kate Mulgrew. If from, I shoehorn in, we may have maybe stuck in the soul <laughs> somewhere. Barely shoehorned. <laughs> you know, I like her as an actress. Like I have, I've enjoyed her work. I don't think this is her strongest outing. Uh, however, I will say a young Kate Mulgrew kind of reminded me of Lauren Padilla. Oh my God! Yeah, there's there's a, a little a bit strong resemblance there. Yeah. Like, oh. You know, the one thing I didn't like about. Her in this because it's Kate Mulgrew. I mean, it's Captain Janeway. Yes, it's Red from Orange Is the New Black. That's all in I this, this, she's yeah. the very the wafy, even though she's a major in the military. Yeah, the suddenly like swooning because we're running through the woods. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what is going on? I saw that part and I'm like, wh- where where did you go? She's yeah. the, she's the dumbest army major <laughs> as well, because like, she just gets like browbeat by her 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 superior and some that Grove guy. And like, do you know this guy? Or you're in league with the enemy. You know, this is treason, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I don't appreciate you accusing me of this, this, this. I'm going to start working on this thing. Good day, sirs. She walks out the door and Remo Williams shows up. And she's like, oh, I am getting in big trouble because of you. I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. What are you talking and, and He doesn't say a word. And she goes from, I'm really upset with you. You're getting me in trouble to straight up, you're army intelligence, aren't you? Yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh. Yeah. It a, yeah. Yeah. We entrust the safety
2: of our country to you? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's when they're trying to keep her on a very short leash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> when she's flying a continental airline. This movie tried to have its cake and eat it too when it came to women's empowerment. Oh it, was, it was a little <laughs> offensive to me. I was like, oh. It seemed like, it almost seemed like film's first outing on that. To be honest, yes. it was really bad. Because she, she did fall fast and hard for him all of a sudden. Oh, absolutely. Without, without a, nary a word spoken. So it set the women's movement back up to a few years. But I'll tell you, if this movie did not accurately predict the internet and American Ninja Warrior courses. 100%. I was, I was watching this going, yeah, I remember this one. And then this is where they run up the walls. That's how they do
2: yeah. Where's the water move?
1: So with that, yeah, there's the whole training montage, the multiple training montages with Remo Williams throughout all of this. The I guess the first one we see is the one in the flat in the apartment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. That looks like a, a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like the beginning of Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he starts yes. his breakfast, except oh for Remo God. Williams was <laughs> the only oh name. God. That
2: was a great. It was such a great scene though, the way it was shot and done though. Because I was watching it, I was just showing, I was just telling you right there, and he gets through everything goes through and this goes into how you're talking about how the movie for the majority of it is about his relationship with uh with sure. chun yeah and how that's going and he gets through it everything's yeah yeah i got this i'm done <laughs> everything's good all right we'll come down now and that's the easy part oh yeah and Keep he down, down that's easy and he turns off the lights like hey what the fuck are you doing <laughs> <laughs> The fact that they punctuate
1: the scene with the sound of him falling—oh oh my god! <laughs> was Just like amazing. again. That goes back to what I was saying about how it's an action movie, but it's not afraid to be goofy. And even when it is, it's still—it's it, not off-putting. It's characteristic yeah. of the, the the vibe that they're giving off with this movie. Um, and it was true to his character. That yeah, was the yeah. thing, that kind of oafishness you referred to. Uh-huh. Uh, ever since I was a kid, that particular shot where he falls in the dark. Oh my God. The idea of being impaled on one of those pipes because <laughs> yeah. I missed, catching one in the crotch oh or the my gut. God. Oh, oh my God. I have nightmares about that to this day. <laughs> Just the idea of that. I still have nightmares to this day of the guy drowning in the concrete. Oh my God! Holy yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And the one worker that is going kind to of be. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like, why is no one scrambling to help? This just <laughs> like... Oh my God! Well, God. to be fair, they just saw Remo Williams run across the concrete and pull a full-on Jesus Christ. They were still dumbfounded. <talk> <laughs> Uh, the guy in the trench coat's gone. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Those construction died. workers would have kicked your ass, because that's that takes a long time before that concrete <laughs> gets <it> smooth. <laughs> I have a hard time also believing that a man dies <laughs> and Remo isn't being held for questioning at all. At all. At all. We're just free to go. Free. Yeah, he just walked away later on. we're uh, referring to there is this the famed Statue of Liberty scene shown in the, yes. uh, the poster up here on the screen. Uh, which from an action movie perspective, because evidently that wasn't originally in no. the script. No, the, the director, director put that together. Exactly. He saw the Statue of Liberty under construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought, wow, that'd be a really epic scene to do something there. Wow. They actually built a life-size replica, I think it was from the, the book, book. Yeah, the uh, book up. in Mexico. So some of the shots were done there. Yeah. Some of the shots were actually done on the Statue of Liberty to the point where there's some really Bad spatial consistency problems. Oh, with for it. sure. He jumps from the top of the torch, goes down a few levels, and then also swings the back to the torch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was what I, I was talking about. like a little,
2: a little rough as far as <laughs> the continuity goes. Tor- yeah. Um, and then he
1: has one of those Buster Keaton kind of moments where he leans out on the pipe really hard. I love that. But he's that. actually yeah. only halfway down he's the He's halfway t- down the stack, but he's supposed to be at the, the top. top. <laughs> I love that, though. Like the, yes. the way that they put that together where he's leaning out. And then he just kind of fireman slides down the pole to yeah. the next level and then shows up on the torch again. Uh, but, lots of steel cables visible throughout the entire scene. And multiple times you can tell how he's attached to things oh, for safety. safety. You know what? And I'm willing to forgive all of that. Here's the thing that I'm having a hard time with though, is that these three shlubby fucking New York construction workers are giving a half-trained ninja like the run for his life oh on the God. scaffolding. For three thousand bucks and there's one guy I you know right for three thousand dollars and there's one guy I don't know if you caught this there's one guy he's got a rope and it's attached to his belt it's and probably on like swing. four foot of rope and he's <laughs> swinging it and as you can guess he never uses it at all it, no, his, the, FF4 and he's like I guess trying to he like throws it at yeah which was it, trying to hit him Did he, he really? Yeah, yeah, he bounces it off of the thing. But that's the. Well, thing. that's a different guy though. That was it's a different, different rope. Because yeah, that's a really... safety harness he's wearing. Yeah. yeah, but yet all of a sudden now he's got like a 16-foot safety <laughs> harness.
2: And that same guy in the same scene, like he had slid down, remember, and gave like a weird look, like yeah, like yeah. he did yeah. yeah. that. They say they showed that shot like twice in uh-huh. the same time when he's running around. I was like, wait, did oh, we just see he, the there? weird Salacious Crumb guy? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, they showed God. the exact same shot twice. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, man. When you're, when you're shooting an action sequence on the Statue of Liberty, you, you're hoping no one's going to catch <laughs> little things like that. Like, we've got to fill time here a little bit. we but, just got to move. The thing is, is the way they shot it when he slides down her arm, when he slips, and, and all that stuff, because that, you know that's not a little statue. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, you get some, like, it's actually really, really intense. Like, it, even now, watching it again years and years later, it's still kind of intense to watch. Bro, even watching the stuntman in the safety harness, like with the white <laughs> shots um, yeah. with the actual statue, yeah. it makes my heart skip a beat. I'm like, oh, oh my god, wow. I can't believe they let someone do that. Um, so that is... the When it comes to like the action sequences, that is one of the best... And unfortunately, it comes halfway through this movie. Yeah. And when you compare it to the way the movie ends, the climax of the film, yeah. the climax is really lackluster where he just basically rides a log on a zipline and then drops it and then these logs fall down kind of a la Return of the Jedi and knock a jeep off a fucking cliff. Yeah. Yeah. So that whole thing is always, ever since I was a kid, first of all, they, they happen to have explosives planted everywhere that are remotely trackable. Fortunately in this one, they were using Red 5, an, obviously, <laughs> an obvious <laughs> nod to Star Wars, Yes, which is referenced throughout as the Star Wars space program from mm-hmm. the 80s. For you kids that are listening, that was a real thing. Yes, real it was. a military program. Oh, oh. Uh, oh you didn't know that? No. So um,
2: you just thought they were just referencing Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, the guy said, yeah, I'm cool with the Star Wars crowd. Yeah, the Star Wars program was, Wars program
1: was actually a satellite-based missile defense program, oh. like like, the, the whole space force that Trump is trying to launch now, oh, yeah. it was the precursor to that. It was the idea that we have weapons platforms in space so, to shoot down Russian missiles and stuff like that. Real? Yeah, it's a real thing. Oh uh, my god. So that's what they were referencing, <laughs> but the whole time me being a Star Wars fan was like, a Star Wars fan! And, <laughs> that's literally what I thought. Darth Vader? <laughs> But then, so they, of course, they fire Red 5, which happens to be the district he's in with all the explosives planted in the ground that randomly explode. Sure. But then all of a sudden, after he gets away from that, he's sitting on a log, (laughs) just randomly attached to a steel cable that starts moving. And I'm trying to figure out what the point was going to be for that log. Like, this is a military training facility. Why are you hoisting a log up a mountain? And it doesn't look like it could be a lumber Production because nope. it's one log. Yeah, just on one, what appeared to be at least a half mile to a mile long steel cable. Uh huh. And so your final action sequence is basically him perched on this log, just waiting for, for people to shoot at him. And <laughs> then and then he just these guys don't even stop. Like they see the log, they hit the the mountain. These other logs rolling down. They don't even stop the jeep. They're not like reverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: let's and
1: let just, those go by. Let's <laughs> let those go by. Well, so to that scene, it starts off. You know. Everybody's like, you know, we've got him, we've got him, the explosion's got him. I was like, no, no, we've got him on sensor, but he's 50 feet above the ground. Okay, military guys, you have all this advanced technology, you can detect a heat signature of somebody running around your base. Right. How do you not know there's a giant steel cable with a log attached to it that makes sense? Bro. (laughs) <laughs> there's there's a lot there's a lot to this movie that doesn't make sense. That is one of those things. Well, and then the the billionaire Mr. Uh, Grove Grove. That's it. Mm-hmm. Who I think may be named after General Grove, who was the head of the Manhattan Project, by the way. Oh, for real? It was historical reference. Wow. Well, uh, well, I could, It just so happens when I ate lunch today, I was watching one of my World War II documentaries. (laughs) Tell us all about it, Grandpa. (laughs) It just so happens. Oh, I'm that guy now. (laughs) Um, But he grabs a rifle from the soldier who's aiming at him. He's like, sir, I'm not going to take that shot. He takes the rifle and then hits the soldier in the face. Oh yeah. yeah. A civilian. And the general next to him is like, eh, nah, okay, <laughs> oh, i right. we got stuff we gotta do. And then so when that doesn't work, he jumps on the fifty cal on the back of the <laughs> thing and just, just starts you know. going nuts. So like the, and that's part of the problem with this movie is that they don't really develop the villains as much as they should. We they don't really about we don't. yeah, they do. Because it gets lost in what is Obviously, a much more compelling part of the movie, and that is the relationship between Remo and Chun. Yeah, uh, Chun, played by Joel Gray uh, of, the, of stage and screen, uh, you might know him from Cabaret, uh, his, the father of Jennifer Gray from Dirty Dancing. Uh, Preferred her before the nose job. Um, Agreed. And uh, and like, what do you guys feel about? the should we say whitewashing of that role? Well, I mean so definitely
2: whitewashing of that <laughs> yeah, the thing is
1: is like okay so we have a white man playing a Korean an old Korean man. Yeah. Very proud. And, of, and very proud Korean guy. And not the best, I think, accent. There are definitely <coughs> some holes in that. But I will say, compelling character.
2: Yeah. Yes. No
1: way in hell somebody's doing that today. No, no but, not at all. Back then they were nominated for makeup for an Oscar Academy Award they lost to Mask the Cher movie movie, which yeah they would have won if Mask hadn't been out the movie we watched today is Oscar nominated twice (laughs) twice twice Twice. (laughs) Oscar nominated because Grey was also nominated as Best 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 Supporting Supporting Actor
2: are you fucking kidding (laughs) (laughs) what is the
1: world we live in man what Kind of like, let me put it like this: It's like Robert Downey Jr. being nominated for Best Supporting Actor In for Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder. But that was a
2: that was a hilarious ass role, though. <laughs> so <laughs> it's Chun, you might argue. I mean, but for 1985. But the thing is, actually, no. you know what Chun was very hilarious. He was he was funny as shit. Like when they went and they uh, they passed the guy with the with the bottle uh, the bottle oh yeah, at the carny, yeah, yeah, the yeah, car Coney Island, he the, and he won the bit, uh, <laughs> and he won the big ass stuffed walking it's away a with it. Character.
1: Yeah, there was a cartoon in the 80s. You know, i the '70s. I mean, it didn't look
2: like... It didn't look Corning's like... Corning's
1: Owings Fiberglass. Or Owens yeah. Corning's Fiberglass insulation. Oh, yeah. oh no. you get the ice, the insulation, but you don't... <laughs> but it, he didn't look
2: like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what. He he's like, the cartoon. Sounds like... Uh, the insulation. Oh! oh it's, <laughs> weird.
2: It's, it's weird how my brain <laughs> works.
1: <laughs> it's weird how I my I brain works.
2: that guy at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> when he's walking away with... Well, when they're walking away with the Pink panther... Uh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> the
1: thing is, is if he said he's like, just remember, I want him. that's
2: hilarious. And that's the thing; is he has these great moments. But the difference, I
1: think, is that this this movie, he was supposed to be a Korean man. Yes, yes, definitely. Tropic Thunder. He was a white oh, man playing exactly. I'm a dude like, playing the dude, dude playing the dude another dude. dude. <laughs> So oh, I think that's how Robert Downey Jr. gets a pass for yeah. that one. Yeah. But this, if it were made today... Oh, no, no way. No. No, 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 no. People were losing their minds because Johnny Depp played Tonto in The Lone Ranger. Oh, I know. Like that's, oh, and and yeah, he's yeah. maybe 157th <laughs> American <laughs> Indian. <laughs> come, come on, American Indian <laughs>
2: once. have
1: I've, I've, I've been to a tobacco store.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: <my God. laughs> So that's, that's offensive. Also <laughs> that's, Also that brings me to my, my point about our hero, the, the protagonist of our film, harassing the love interest in the elevator. Like he is straight up harassing her in the elevator, where he's like, "Nice uniform, very nice buttons. <laughs> And and, and, she <laughs> and she plays it off like does. a swooning schoolgirl. Oh, she's like, Swo- but- buttons! I, did, I didn't see it that. way. But she started laughing. And I saw just her laughing at the foolishness of it. Yeah, like her just being like, "Are you fucking serious right now?" Because the thing is, she's so proactive about like sh- shutting down the one guy yeah. who's like, "You gotta stroke the keys." And <laughs> key right yeah. here. Yeah, he was. He was She shuts, him, was down. A she shuts yeah, him down <laughs> real quick. But with Remo, she's just like. Oh. <laughs> but then when he comes out and tries to get the cab for her, that's when she gets like really squirrely where she's yeah. like, no thanks, I'll walk. I'm like, well, he's just trying to... That, and that's weird. That's where I do my 180. I'm like, he's just trying to get a cab for you. He's just trying, yeah, to, help he just trying to help you out. There, there was some... Uh, every interaction between <coughs> them is very odd. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like somebody who's... A man who's never had a real interaction with a woman. Yeah wrote that. Uh-huh. And that's kind of what I saw there. It's just everything about it was awkward. Or maybe there was some static between Kate Mulgrew and Fred Ward. That could also be it. I'm <laughs> curious because they never there's never like that 80s trophy like kiss. They never yeah. kiss. Uh, they leave and they just like they just at the end of the movie he's just like, Can you believe we're the good guys? A <laughs> little <laughs> later. Just leaves her there. <laughs> because the military guys weren't gonna shoot her. <laughs> she could have went like oh no don't shoot yeah exactly I, I, I love and I, I'm chilled by the scene where, um, where Remo goes in to see Mac and Wilfred Brimley and they talk about like what they're supposed to be doing and they start talking about like well if they figure out who we are our job is to protect the president and if we are compromised you know we're expendable and he talks about how he's like I, I keep this pill with me all the time you know, somebody, I I, I I. have a coronary in my office. The other guy's like so found in the back room of a haberdasher. His head blown, head blown off. What the? It's like, holy shit. And then they're like, he's like, yeah, wh- what about me? What's supposed to happen with me? And Wilford Bentley's like, yeah, choose mm-hmm. the one that's got your number. He's the one that's supposed to kill you if this thing goes south. Like that gets, suddenly it gets real and you're like, yeah. oh, oh. And it actually leads in a very touching little sequence that happens, like right I, I have to say, well written, well directed, well acted sequence of things yeah. actually pull your heartstrings, quite, yeah, especially yeah. when you get to the end where he calls him little father. And you know that? Did you did you research that at all? I did. I yeah, because that that thing has always felt forced and awkward. Right. The first time ever, I see there was a reason for that. Uh huh. That was cut from the movie, and I wish they kept it. Yes, they could have. They could have cut out some of the some of the. Well, no, not the Statue of Liberty fight. They could have cut out some of the shit at the, on him, him on a law, um, <laughs> But it's supposed to come from earlier in the film, yeah, where a- Remo calls, like joking, he calls Chun little father, mm-hmm. and there's kind of a negative reaction. Like, Chun is like, uh, because we find out Chun is the one that's supposed to kill him, so he doesn't want to get too close. Oh. And so then when he does it again, where he's like, would you call me? When he's like, my son, would you call me? All right, little father. And there's that moment, it's like, oh, I wish they would have kept that in there. They should have kept that And it well, that makes movie. me think they were trying to maybe save that for another movie. Like, we were going to revisit that in the next one. Uh, but the, re- the relationship of those two characters is where this movie really shines. I know I've said yeah. that before, but, you know, if you, tr- you try to think about, like, the more compelling things about this movie, it's that relationship. It's funny that the relationship between Kate Mulgrew and Fred Ward is so nothing Mm-hmm. But the fact that like Joel Gray dressed up like a ninety year old Korean man and Fred Ward with a shaved off fake mustache, uh, have such a strong connection. Yeah, that was that's honestly I think that's always been what drew me to this movie. It's the action sequences, other than the Statue of Liberty part, are really nothing standout. Yeah. Um, the story overall is nothing standout. Yeah. But there is something about that, that Remo Chun relationship it was always very heartwarming, very fatherly, very, you know, master and apprentice karate kid-esque, sure. as they brought on earlier. That, honestly, I wish they had spent more time focusing on that in this one. Mm-hmm. And then left potential future stories to tell. Which, yeah. obviously, we wouldn't have gotten. Yeah. But it's just, there was I wanted more of that. Well, now in today's age, where we bring things back, and we make them long form, and make them into series, like I think there's probably a good, there's there's a good audience. There's a fan base there that I think would enjoy... A long form like Rima Williams Netflix series or something. Yes, yeah. we could put something like that together. Especially the way that we film the, the like fight cinematography now, and how action movies aren't just dumb action movies anymore. They're not. They're not Schwarzenegger Commando. They're not the one man army things. Like you've got action movies now that have a whole lot of heart. You've got comic book movies that have yeah. a whole lot of heart. Uh, you look at stuff like Hobbs and Shaw. You look at stuff like Deadpool. You, your Avengers movies. Like you have these action comic booky movies that have the ability to really compel audiences and I don't think this is any different I just think it takes a little bit of time to develop it and I think if you center Remo in tune at the middle of that and kind of build everything out I think you've got the makings of what would be a really strong series agreed think about like you know the Amazingly beautiful fight sequences we get from Daredevil. Oh, God, yes! With this character development. Uh And then, you know, you've got the stick character in that show. Yeah. But replace that with a Chun who's more stoic yet caring. Yeah. I think you've got something absolutely magical that could happen. Uh And honestly, everything about that story, about this, there's nothing of it that's too dated in terms of story and material. Yeah. Now, the movie itself, yes. (laughs) But, you know, it. It really is. And, and that is something I would sign on to watch in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. sure. Um, best Statue of Liberty fight, Remo Williams or Wolverine and Sabretooth in X-Men? i got to say this. Yeah? yeah Remo Williams. Yeah, this was a better one? Yeah. I think I'd go with X-Men. I really love that whole sequence where Sabertooth throws Wolverine and he like gets that crown piece and kind of comes on back. And it just the fact that we've got this whole like building up. Except for the storm part, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy. I, I think I enjoyed the uh, the X Men Statue of Liberty fight a little bit more. Did, what do you
2: think? I know, Remo man. Yeah. Yeah. It, just the scene where it was thrown in was such, it was crazy. It's something you will never forget. He was saying with the statue. It should I mean, have been the, the final fight of the movie. Like this yeah. should
1: have been the climax. It should have been him versus Stone at, at like the pinnacle of this fight on the Statue of Liberty. It should have been him and the Stone character kind of having it out. I, there's just, it bothers me that the best set piece, like the most compelling set piece, really had nothing to do, it didn't impact at the story at all. The thing is though, I don't think I can, I don't see a way to reconcile that being the climactic fight scene. Mm-hmm. Given what the story was and who Stone is, Like, why would he be up there? Right. You know, that kind of thing. That, that's the only reason I can't see that working. Obviously they could have done much better. They, they, the they could have done better with the stone character. I think well, yeah, you know I mean, the fact that he's just kind of on the periphery until like they're in the gas chamber, and they gas them. They they don't. They, you just wait a half hour. Let them die. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if you're not going to like, they he comes into the chamber with his gas mask. He comes in the chamber, and then Remo beats him up, and then uses the diamond on his tooth to, <laughs> which is somehow deep enough to like cut this like this glass. But the fact, like, he didn't just use the door. Like, Stone just came in the door. No. Yeah. Just used the door. Yeah. How is
2: Stone going to get out? It's like, no, man, that's the reason why they gave Stone the diamond. Too. <laughs> that <was laughs> the, that's the <laughs> only reason. And this movie
1: does that twice, where it kind of, it, it creates its own out minutes before they need to use it. Like, they check off gun things. That's like, oh, that's going to come back into play later. And I... I both love the fact that he uses the diamond on the guy. So like, I love this sequence. I love the action of him putting the guy's face against just the mirror and just smearing <laughs> it across the mirror, and then busting through. And then, they do that with Mac as well when he's cutting the the wires on the electric fence. Oh, yeah. oh. And he's like, "So how did they? How did you learn how to do that?" And he's like, "Is that something Chun taught you?" He's like, "No." took a, you know, took shrapnel in, in Vietnam or whatever, and he's got the fake arm. arm yeah. And the yeah. thing is, I'm like, oh, that's going to come back into play later. Yes. Like, even as a kid, I was like, I think that's going to come in. And when the dog shows up, which, by the way, the training these dogs, whoever trained these dogs, <laughs> not just the cheesy, the dog walking the tightrope. <laughs> oh, of, my God. Oh, by the way, so now bad. watching it on my computer, you can totally see how can they did You see the scene. It. You can <laughs> see the <laughs> scene. But, like, I'm just talking in general, like, there's a moment where Remo climbs up onto something. He's out of their reach, and the dogs are looking up, growling. And in the same, in one shot, it's not different cutaways, it's one shot where the dogs are growling, then they look at each other, and then, like, spread. I'm like, what?
2: Who trained these I dogs? I actually have a note I mean, right no here. Dogs.
1: It says, Dobermans-Velociraptors. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's because they're communicating with each <laughs> other. They're all, like, snarling and foaming at the mouth.
2: They it's, look at each other like, you got this one, we'll go this way. It's funny you say they remember... I just put, Dope-ass guard dog. <laughs> <laughs> Would they be dopermans? Dope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, mm. oh, I forgot to mention this oh, yeah. Statue of Liberty fight when Remo just, like, zips down a rope barehanded handed And doesn't does burn his hand. <laughs> it doesn't no? burn his hand. You mean you don't do that? <laughs> Holy shit. Time, and he goes the length I mean, of the Statue of Liberty be, all the way I down. Like, okay,
2: surely surely he's going to stop a little bit to, uh, yeah.
0: to, <laughs> <be> <laughs>
1: to wipe his, his hands with yeah, hands. <laughs> Here's my thing. It's like... Someone actually is doing that on camera. They're not gonna tell someone like, "Hey, uh, maybe have a part where Remo gets some like someone's gloves and yeah. goes down." That is ridiculous. Yeah. But maybe they're also trying to play off of the whole like he's toughened up his hands so much that oh, it doesn't. Now I'm thinking about, finger, finger, about that. From, from it, it, in the laws of, of the Korean fingerboard are it. Exactly, hand. dude. He froze. Um, he
2: froats. He froats. Fro- now froats. That was crazy how they tried to shoot that as well, like his running of the feet, how they tried to shoot it. I didn't mind that,
1: but I I didn't didn't mind like him like prairie dogging into like a a pile of sand and then showing up somewhere else. So is he swimming in the sand underground? That was kind of my thing. Is like, Where did he go? And why did it take him so long? Not only that, it's kind of the Scrooge McDuck principle.
0: <laughs> We're swimming in money?
1: Yeah, you know, if you actually threw yourself in a bunch of Peter <laughs> Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it would have collapsed his body slamming into the sand like that. That, yes. that scene has always bugged me. Oh, for sure. Uh, and The floating scene, again, it's I get what they're doing. I get why they're doing it. But again, it's it's just just a little too far off for me. But all that said, like all these things, these nitpicks, still fantastic ride. Yeah, it's yeah. such uh, oh, a fun that, ride. Definitely. I was most scared of watching this movie again now and being disappointed by it, mm-hmm. and I wasn't. Uh, and then I was scared that you would be disappointed. Because like, man, it's been built up so much now with these yeah. two assholes. We're
2: both of them. I was like, I've never seen it. I have no idea these what two, the hell this movie is. These two old fucks talking about
1: Remo Wing. You thought the movie originally was about a high-powered female lawyer? <laughs> it sounds, like, what, lawyer.
2: It sounds like a high-powered female attorney hailing some of some of the greatest cases that New York City's ever seen. <laughs> so suddenly, the adventure begins. Come to find out, <laughs> it was our
0: first case. It's like,
2: yeah, exactly. Come to find out, it's all about. It's been based on a guy get his name from a bed <laughs> But then
1: after that his name is everywhere. Apparently he steals army fatigues that also say Williams on them. Well, it's a common name. Oh. I, well, yeah, it's, just, it's still pretty lucky. He just happens to get on a truck and he's like, oh, I'm a Williams too. <laughs> oh, guys. Yeah. What, what else do you have about this? Yeah. This is, I mean, it was. it's two hours and it flies by yeah. I think the slowest part of this movie honestly is the very beginning when he's a cop and stuff and trying to like get acclimated to you know cure and what am I supposed to be doing it seems like there's a couple of scenes that sort of repeat themselves where we get the same kind of information twice And that's, I think, kind of the danger you run into when you're doing an origin story, especially an origin story for a character that people aren't already kind of familiar with. Uh, So you need to retread some ground so people kind of remember. Like, remember, he was a cop and he's not used to this stuff, so now he's gonna be trained to be a super spy. Which still, you know, after I've watched the movie for the hundredth time, like, why did they pick him? That's weird. And what a dick move. It's like, well, we've recruited you against your will to be a part of this organization, and if you don't work out, we're going to kill you. The, what? what? The <laughs> don't call Well, he didn't have any family, so they didn't. That's not fair. <laughs> so what he doesn't have family? He deserves a life. life. Yeah. Well, that scene, actually, that takes me back to no the the constitution. constitution. Yes. Oh. That character is such... <laughs> I'm watching TV. <laughs> he's just kind of stuck in there. They're like, hey, Wilford Brimley's available. What can we do here? And they just it is, just, it just is diabetic just, acid. Just we- wheel is a acid. And room. he's watching these videos that are basically bad PowerPoints with voiceovers. Yes. I guess they're supposed to be data called from the thing. Bro, but it's, but so it's like bad. cameras from yeah. inside cars. Like someone is getting in a car and having a private conversation and somehow Wilfred Brimley is, is, seeing a, it is go able down. to
2: see all of it from this computer
1: that it's it doesn't they, seem, It's <laughs> how they cover the exposition about who you know uh, Grove is yes. and, and Hart. Well, and all he's those the guys. guy that sloppily scratches his name into the barrel yeah. of oh, guns. Yeah. that was the first time I ever noticed that was when uh, the gun explodes. So yeah, there's this whole storyline about these guns, that which we the totally f- jettisoned, <laughs> that, <laughs> jettisoned <laughs> that immediately. Absolutely. <laughs> <about> overacting to <laughs> <Yes>. report <laughs> on these weapons, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like, like the guy's reaction though, where he's like. You better calm down. <laughs> There's a guy floating face down with half of his face missing. He has <laughs> yes. some swamp. Why don't you make his face out of the water? Exactly. But yeah, the, the front end of the the, the barrel, of the gun explodes. It, the the AR-60, which is what this weapon's supposed to oh, be yeah. based on an Para. but it's um, the, it, it's the, the barrel explodes and the muzzle guard on it or the whatever the. Sorry, I'm losing my mind. Yeah, the, the barrel, the barrel. Yeah, we'll say the end of the barrel. Oh, okay. Um, is got? It looks like a kid scratched the name Grove oh. Yeah. Oh, for oh, sure. into the barrel. For sure. Yeah, that, I never noticed that before either. I was like, what sloppy-ass prop master put this in? Like, It had to have been on the day, and someone was like, so do you have the gun barrel that says Grove on it? And someone went, oh, fuck. Somebody's over there with a the back turn going, I got this, hang on this, I got this, I got I got this. this. I got it. hold on. <laughs> And also, I kind of feel like his name, if his name was on it, the manufacturing name was on it, it would be in small lettering, like along the, the side or just, under just, under the barrel. Not a big, <laughs> a big grove. i talking about it. You've never seen a military weapon with like gigantic, yeah. like, you know, Smith and Wesson. It looks like a fucking Spice NASCAR. You know. yes, it's like a sponsored guy. <laughs> that's what you do in training camp.
2: You write your name on
1: <laughs> the barrel. But it's the manufacturer. <laughs> This is not Full Metal Jacket. So yeah, there's there is that element where things get a little muddy in this movie, where you kind of you're trying to wonder, you're trying to figure out, okay, who's the bad guy? What are they trying to do? Why are they trying to stop him? And honestly, what happens if Grove? Like, cause he was like, well, if this thing passes, he's gonna get all kinds of sanctions. And I'm like, well, could you not just? Talk to the president. If you serve the president, you report to the president. Your job is to protect the president. Why don't you call his ass up? and be like, look, I don't have substantial data on this, but I'd like to share some stuff with you real yeah. quick. Yeah. Instead of taking your death, Altoid, maybe just you know, reach out and be like, hey, Prez, Bro, we need to talk. Maybe make a call first. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some ridiculous storylines in there. Which mm-hmm. makes me think that this is definitely from the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so, it has to be from the book. So one thing back to the Statue of Liberty fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps coming Keep back. Sorry. Keep it coming it, it back. so much happens in that Yes, game. it does. The uh, When the three guys think they've killed him because they didn't catch that he was swinging from a platform and this gigantic bundle of... No one catches the it! No one sees it! The bag falls, but no one
0: sees a no dude sees still yeah. swinging There's from a no platform.
1: No, no blood, nothing. No one sees anything. Actual quote from the three guys after it happens, it's Bill no <laughs> <in common. laughs> Something that this and Ghostbusters has in common. Yes. <laughs> but, when they get on the elevator and Remo catches up with them okay. and gets on, do you think... Maybe by chance, the Captain America elevator fight scene took some cues from this. I think so. I like to think that whoever choreographed that scene is like, "Hey, you guys ever seen the Remo the Williams movies. movie? I want to redo that." But in Captain America is like, "You mean that movie about the high-powered female attorney?" <laughs> <laughs> oh about that sequence um, is that Remo like opens the thing and the dude's like oh well
2: and he tries movie. to climb up gets hit and tries to climb up again and well, then it was the he, second guy? and then that last guy that he like ro- he wraps the rope I was like uh, but then at the end he's just hanging Around by the, the bo- he-
1: yeah. I feel like that had to have been some kind of notes from the studio like we can't have you like, oh, I mean, <laughs> the, the imagery of a man hanging from his neck from the Statue of Liberty and He's yes, probably he's not, not the man. message we want to give. We're gonna catch shit from the union if you kill that guy. <laughs> I, t- I still can't get over though that those fucking construction workers were like, I mean, they were they were like uh, acrobatics, like uh, they were fine on that scaffolding. Meanwhile, Remo's been training
2: for this, and he's it, like, "Hey, don't it, shake it, that <laughs> platform I'm on." Don't do, the, yeah. the, don't do that. Uh, don't do And their voices Were hilarious Like By the way All three of them. Did They just sounded Like Three New York <laughs> assholes. Who yeah. right. like, The fact that He's like
1: Don't worry guys I'm, I'm gonna come down And he's like Yeah you are The short way yeah. And Remo's still like Okay <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Dude but they're now, trying they're To kill, kill you, you. <laughs> In your bizarre Turtleneck and leather jacket <laughs> combo <Yeah>. Thank <laughs> you 1985 Oh my oh god. So there's this uh, this character named Wilson, is that is that his name? Is, it's, yeah, Wilson, he's Groves, like second in command or whatever. Yeah. The whole movie I'm trying to figure out who the fuck he is. I'm like, who are you? I know you from something. Where do I know you? He was Ivan Drago's handler in Rocky IV. The guy who's like, everything he hits. He destroys. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> the fact that these guys, both this dude and Wilford Brimley had huge nineteen eighty-fives. Rocky IV came out the same year as this. Cocoon came out the same year as this. Oh, wow. movie. Which makes me it, it, it makes me understand a little bit more how they used Wilford Brimley because they were probably borrowing him. Mm-hmm. Like they were shooting Cocoon. Next they were shooting door. Cocoon next door, and they're like, "You guys have an old guy that we could throw into the chair. We just need. We'll shoot every one of the scenes in the next fifteen right? minutes. Like Hugh Cronin was in the can, and so Wilford Brimley's like, "Yo, I'll take it. Don't I'll give it to it. this Jessica Tandy bitch. <laughs> just let me dry off, because all I remember from Cocoon is his old people swimming. <laughs> That's it. Just." All people in a pool, and that movie made like twelve billion dollars. Somehow, that movie is more memorable than *Repo <laughs> I think time's gonna tell on that. Exactly. Yeah. Oh uh, man, what what else about this movie? Just the uh, the, the the movie made me want to find a Korean fingerboard. Agree I looked it up on eBay, and all I could find were those like, skateboards that you use with your fingers. I don't think it's a real thing. Oh, it needs to be a real thing. There's that whole thing where like Chun, he's like, well, what do I do with this thing? And Chun's like, <laughs> find a nail. Find a nail. And he, he sticks his finger through it and punches a hole in it. There's so, and, and that's the thing. That's, again, why I want more of Chun, because his scenes, the the scene with the truck. Mm. That's actually, that's one of those moments I remember being really touched by again, even as a young kid and watching it again now. Yeah. (laughs) See where, you know, Remo and and the major jump out one side, and then you see the truck go off a cliff, and you can kind of see (laughs) Jun still in (laughs) in. And then the truck goes through all these rolls and flips and shit's flying everywhere. And then they run down, they're like, oh shit, he's still in the truck. They run down there and they pull off the door and he's just kind of sitting there with something. In Korea. <laughs> doesn't come off. It just it was it's just one of
2: those great
1: his his moments are all great. Oh he, yes. his he gets the last line in the movie, which is epic. The last moment in the movie, yes. Where the military shows up and he does his run across the water. <laughs> and he, mean, is, he gets on the boat and like, You fast. must run very <laughs> fast. <laughs> <laughs> I am dying to see this remade. Um all right so would you recommend this movie? Definitely. I mean I think based on what we're saying yeah. it's it's pretty obvious. I actually plan to watch this one with the kids. Yeah? Oh yeah. The, oh they haven't seen it yet. No they have, I I haven't seen it since they've been alive. Holy oh, yeah. I haven't seen this movie in over 20 years. Mm-hmm. At least. Yes. I mean this is it's such a fun pulpy action movie and I know that's kind of my my wheelhouse. I love stuff like American Ninja Lethal Weapon Commando Rambo like I love those movies and I think this movie, even with its shortcomings, kind of sums up the best of the genre. Mm-hmm. It's, it's What you want movies like this to be above anything else, you want them to be fun. And it is fun. It's definitely a movie that deserves like the popcorn treatment. Like You just go into the movie theater, get some popcorn, and have fun. Just watch what's going on. For 1985, the sequences in this movie are just breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Um, what did Remo Williams do right? The mentor
2: apprentice relationship, yeah. hands down, best part of the movie. That relationship, the music, honest. There's a couple. Honest, there's a lot of things. the The scene with the uh, statue delivery that they threw in beautifully, yeah. They had put in there. Um, the The ride, honestly, in the entire movie, really for me, is like. Oh, I thought you were
1: referring to when he was on the <laughs> Ferris wheel. <laughs> Another <laughs> big
2: <laughs> scene, <laughs> we no, right. Yeah, we didn't <laughs> talk about yeah, that. No, that was a really <laughs> great scene. But no, I mean, like the ride of like the entire movie of. Like you said, going into it, not knowing what was going to happen in the movie, knowing nothing about this movie at all, yeah, and still being intrigued in throughout the entire two-hour movie. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I'm
1: with you, Jason. That that Karate Kid uh, Rocky element of like the trainer and the and the fighter, uh, that father-son, if you if you will, like that relationship is so strong, and and it's so weird to me that it comes from someone who's basically in yellowface, yes, uh, like. I shouldn't. I shouldn't back it as much as I do. Like for 1985, though, I feel like it's okay to look back and go, "All right, we don't do that anymore." Yes. But when we did do that, it was done in a respectful way. He wasn't a moron. He wasn't, you know, uh, uh, what was his name in Breakfast at Tiffany's? um oh yeah uh, i don't
0: know <laughs> I don't remember. dude um, but yeah
1: it's not it's not somebody showing up in blackface exactly it's it was done in a very respectful way mm-hmm. or an attempt at it yeah uh, but today's crowd it, it wouldn't, wouldn't go, go into and, a trailer. And, and rightfully so because there's enough talented korean actors mm-hmm. that you could get to play this role that you wouldn't have to be like well we need this person uh i also i i, I agree with tess i think the music I think if there's anything that's indicative of an 80s film, it has to have a rousing score, something that's just going to pump you up and make you get into the story, and this definitely has it. What did the movie do wrong? I gotta say, we were just talking about it. I think, you know, (laughs) uh, casting a white man play the Korean master Mm -hmm. was a little off the wall. Yeah. And in hindsight, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that's what was going on. Watching the trailer for it, when we, when you first brought it up, and I went back, I was like, I want to watch the trailer for that. Yeah. And watching it, going, holy shit, it's Chun. June, Chun's a white man. <laughs> yeah. Oh damn! I, I, Everything I know is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I picked up on it immediately watching it. now. Same. But I think that, and I think a lot of the character, a lot of the villains, the actual story. Overall, is yeah. really weak. Yeah, yes. uh, it's it's a it's all cliche. Uh-huh. You know, down to this random satellite thing. You know, that's they try to put up. a twist on it, but it doesn't really work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's I think I think the character base and I think the Chun remo relationship is is just ready for a better story. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure.
2: And I agree with that. It because of the relationship between those two and how great it was, that was a really good part of the movie, but it took up so much of the movie and then them forgetting about, we need some... We need <laughs> an antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? That was, to me, the worst part of the worst part of this, that, it, oh, we need to do something, and they threw that in there it's just kind of like, it's a lackluster finish. Yes. At the end, it just, eh. and and it's just... Some, some of the best action movies are able to
1: weave the antagonist into the story while the hero is going through their, and their training. They, they develop it. That, yeah. that Joseph Campbell journey of the hero... You know, in, in in this movie, kind of cheats that a couple of times, but we don't get a cohesive villain. And honestly, in an origin story, your villain should tie into your hero exactly. a little bit more personally. Um, Is go ahead. I, I was going to say, you know, and, and you know, some of the what he got wrong, some of the actiony stuff that was almost it got into the supernatural,
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: uh, with him floating stuff like that. Yeah. But At the same time, some of the other things they got right with the action. Why he was able to dodge bullets?
0: Yes, because
1: he could see where the guns pointed and then hear the muscles, you know, flexing and, and all. I, I that loved it, that they that they great. took it just a yeah. beat. They explained it, and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, am yeah. Was all that <laughs> And I, I like that. It, that definitely comes back later. And that's the the student becomes the master kind of thing. Where, Chun is like, if you could dodge six bullets, you know, I'll be impressed. And yeah, he yeah. dodges twice that many. And yeah. Like that's awesome. That it, it. And that's where. I think that this movie should have, it should have had a little bit of a, a postscript to it, uh, where June and Remo kind of get away, but then like we catch back up, and they're in the Cure, you know, the, the Cure office or whatever with Wilford Brimley, mm-hmm. and now Remo has kind of become the Mac character, like that's his role now in the organization, and there's like a new a new upstart, like a new kid—I don't know—and and that's remote. me thinking. That's me turning it into Indiana no. Jones Four. I no, guess. that would would have been cool. I I mean, in this day and age, that would be the post-credit scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it's
2: like Tom Holland. Yeah, as yeah. <laughs> the new Remo. It's Mr. supposed to be an agency, a bunch of <laughs> yeah, with a bunch of agents. And no, just no, hit no. It wasn't. That no. was the thing they even say at one it point. Was just like us. how many people? It's just the people in this room. They need more people.
1: And it was. And honestly, it was because Mac had gotten too old. Like, they talk about that a bunch of times, about how Mac was Chun's previous student, and he's oh, getting yeah. a little old now, oh, the so they need fast. to bring somebody else in. Yeah, And that's, man, that, that's really impressive. And the, and the fact that, like, Chun, of everybody, Chun is the one that, like, if things go south, Chun kills his student and leaves. Like, yeah. like that's crazy. Yeah,
2: he's the only one that just keeps the secret um, for, the rest, for the rest of
1: the so, movie. So to kind of sum up what I thought that the movie did wrong, uh, yeah, it is... This movie is 80s as fuck. (laughs) Uh, From the fashion to the technology. And I can't really blame that. That's not exactly something that this movie did wrong. But something that it did do wrong because of the 80s is that it got so caught up in building the hero and giving him a a theme song. And here's a hero. and, And there's, you know, here's his master. And it's what you guys have already said. And just echoing that, we forgot to develop a villain. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Die Hard, uh, and and I've used this as an example a lot. Your hero is only as good as your villain. John McClane is great. I love Bruce Willis. I love John McClane. But no Die Hard movie has ever been as good as the first one because of Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber. That villain is just otherworldly. And, you know, the same with Darth Vader you know yeah. you, you you could try with the prequels with your Darth Maul or your Darth Sidious or whatever but they all paled in comparison because you had Vader who was a villain with levels and dimension yeah. and you know there was there was character that was being developed there there was nothing going on in that respect in At this all. movie this was just a two-dimensional bad guy exactly yeah. and i think that's part of the danger of like Having your cake and eating it too with this movie, where it's like Remo Williams, the adventure begins. Get ready because there's, there's gonna be a whole lot more, but then not a... doing the light work in this movie to really develop where they were gonna go. Give like, me something, an agency that maybe he's because this is spawned by the people who brought us many Bond movies. Yes, then give me something like um, the MI6? Yeah, yeah, or who was the, the who are the bad guys? And oh, um, it was the I'm name of the home. last film. Uh, I, I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh Spectre. My God. Spectre. There yeah. you go. It's like, give me a Spectre. Like, all of a sudden, you find out that there's been somebody behind. Yeah. Or you Hydra. Know, like, that's... Yeah, oh, exactly. Hy- Hail Hydra. Oh, yeah. It, that, it's <laughs> as easy as that. You know, Grove wasn't acting on his own. There was somebody pulling There had, had to be something else. Yeah. give me something, yeah. that's like, oh, shit, now I really want he to know. He clearly what's going wasn't intelligent enough to yeah. do it on <laughs> a and, <laughs> and again, I still I, I still come back, oh. and I'm like, what? Wait, why does this guy wield so much power and, like you know, that, that he's going to military bases and in front of like, you know, commanding officers, like dressing down soldiers, yep. I'm sorry. Like, even if this is the plot, even if that guy is on your payroll, you are going to keep up appearances like you are not in charge, because exactly. someone is going to be like, uh, this doesn't smell right. You uh, know. Uh, sorry, back to that, when I was sure trying to think of Spectre, all I could get out of my head was chaos. Chaos? From Get Smart. <laughs> So give me even give me chaos. I'd be fine with that. What's funny is I kept thinking claw from Inspector. <laughs> oh <my US>. <laughs> All right, so if we were going to remake this movie. Uh, how would we do that? I have recast one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight characters. Did your computer die? It did,
2: but it's okay. It's okay. Just, go <laughs> Just go last with me. That's why I wrote it down. It's okay. But no, I have a I have a theme. Oh, do you have a theme? Mine, so do you want to go first. I think you need to. Yeah. You built it up now. I guess I did. Oh, I'll go with. I'll go with the first person, around. and you guys will get it as soon as I do it. Immediately. All so, right. um, the. G- Jonah Hill. No. That's <laughs> <As> Remo Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the, um, what's her name character? Rainer, uh, Major? major? Rainer yeah, Fleming. Major. So I recasted her with Lauren, um, I forget her. Padilla? Name. No. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Lauren Co. Lauren Cohen? Yes. From The Walking Dead. Yes. That's my thing. Walking is Dead. Is The
1: Walking Dead? It is. It's definitely. Is it because Remo Williams resembles somebody from The Walking Dead?
2: Definitely. And I think did, we have the same and, Remo Williams. And, oh, I bet we do. It gives me the exact same feel of another show that he that he put out uh-huh. recently. Yes. It's called The Punisher? Yes, sir. So we
1: both went with John Bernthal as our, yes, we, as yes our Remo did. Williams. Yes, we did. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, he would oh. be
2: perfect. He looks so just he like the guy. Yeah, he looks just like the guy. Just Red like the guy. And, and, and the Punisher. There's so many crazy Dude, things. Just the fucking Punisher show? It's is just an amazing no fucking show. Yeah, I need to sit down and watch that.
1: Yeah, you do. Yes, you, do. Yes, you do. Too much other television to watch Holy right now. Holy shit! shit. Uh, uh, all right, Jason. Um, major fleming? fleming. Who do you have as, as your major Fleming? I don't. <laughs> Tess and I have blown our. Yeah, love we exactly did. We did. Oh, it
2: was the editing. I I don't
1: know why Emma Stone. Played by Major Fleming. All right, she's yeah. kind of a sassy, you know, kind of character is how I see it played. Yeah, but yeah. still a little, you little, little, little like I hey, don't, don't, fuck with me. Yeah, and I would definitely yeah. write that character to be a little more no nonsense. A little, a oh. little bit of a lateral lisp. Yeah, she <laughs> sings a little bit. Okay. Uh, my Major Rainer Fleming would be played by uh, Kerry Washington. Who's that? She's an actress. Well, thanks for the... She effort. was in Ray and Fantastic Four. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes that's some TV show. What is that? Revenge? Not Revenge. No, uh... <laughs> Scandal. 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 <laughs> <That's Yeah. what? laughs> All these one-word TV shows. <laughs> elf? Is she, is she an elf? She I also, think that would
2: work well. She was also yeah. in um, um, Django. Django! Oh, yeah, yeah, she was. She was in Django. Yeah. yeah. Django's Django. I well. love I love that movie. <laughs>
1: Django,
2: Django. Django. I love so, so much. it it wouldn't be the ending babe, if he didn't sing a song I <laughs>
1: loved Django until the weird disco ending to that movie where, where Jamie Foxx like starts breakdancing outside the plantation house I mean there's so many other there's oh, so many other they did a real good job staying like period specific and accurate to this movie and then like suddenly he's just like it's like there was, so, there was, there was so like many, Chris Tuckering outside
2: <laughs> right of the Oh
1: my God. Way to go. Oh my, <laughs> Showing that. your ass there, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> All
2: right. He always does. Who's, who's next on our list? Um, Who do you want to do next? Uh, let's go with the uh, Captain. Uh, let's go with the uh, Mac character. Oh, okay. Mac McCleary? Mm-hmm. So I recasted him with uh, the Father Gabriel character from uh, Wall pretty ben. good. That's pretty good. I went with Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Nice choice. I think. I, I, now, I'm granted. You know, he doesn't seem like he'd be retiring in my mind. <laughs> yeah. I could see that though. That was I would really love. Cool. I'd love to see Sam Jackson. Your name is Remo Williams, motherfucker. <laughs> nope. Your name is Remo Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me any shit. <laughs> <laughs> the bedpan. he Tune, the you absolutely got to kill every motherfucker <laughs> in the room. <laughs> I went in a haberdashery with <laughs> his head. Whoa, whoa. I'm sick of these motherfucking haberdashers in this motherfucking haberdashery. You know what? Fuck that. I ain't dying. Yeah. That's a haberdash. That's a hat store, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. Haberdasher. Haberdashery. Geez. <laughs> For some reason, I think bushes. I'm like haberdashery. Am I gonna shrubbery? Shrubbery. Oh my god. I'm telling sometimes. Okay, go ahead. Who's your man? My little older, wiser Morgan Freeman. Oh yeah! That's who I saw playing the match. Shoot this motherfucker! (laughs) Right here! (laughs) That's probably, in the the lexicon of great Morgan Freeman roles, that one line in Wanted is one of my favorite fucking moments. Just because I didn't see it coming at all. (laughs) <laughs> He's so good at being, like, stoic and controlled, and he would just head shoot head this move. motherfucker right here. And I think that's the thing, is his role in Wanted is part of what through, went through my mind of him playing this. Yeah. Because he does kind of do this kind of very cool, stoic, yeah. agent-y kind of role. So I just, that's, he immediately jumped in. Think, I think with Sam Jackson, I was just thinking the Nick Fury thing. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have to have an eye patch. Instead of a fake arm that I have. All right, who's next? Let's go to the Wilfred Brimley character. Okay. So Smith, then. Her- oh, Harold
2: yes. Smith. Uh, I went with the Herschel character.
1: Oh, Herschel. Yeah. You know, too I definitely
2: too sweet. I think he's <laughs> too sweet for that role. <laughs> but, well, I mean, sweet. I, he's I would, diabetic. I know, what, I went with just like a very bald, balding kind of old guy who was like, you know what, I guess that'll go with just that. that <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> yeah.
1: You hit two thirds of the guys in this room right now. <laughs> old and bald. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> old balls. Just praying they wake up tomorrow. <laughs> uh, uh, who'd you go with, Joe? Uh, for my, I went with Harrison Ford. No. You're shitting me. No, man. No. So did I. Did you really? <laughs> oh, wow. You. oh wow! <laughs> That's exactly Holy right shit. there. Harrison Ford. I thought, <laughs> Harrison Ford would be great. So oh did I. Yeah. I thought it was like who's kind of a curmudgeony old. Oh wait. Harrison Ford's at that stage of life. Now, if I can't play the role, it needs right. to be Harrison Ford. Here you Remo. It's true. I can't take him in on this, <laughs> Chewy. He just starts calling people chewy. Is instead a chewing. It's Chewy. Get out of my office. <laughs> Sir, this is the bathroom. <laughs> I said get out of my office. Uh, okay. I'm about to have the Kessel runs in twelve bars. Who's, who's, <laughs> oh my God. So who's your Harold? Your Harold uh, Smith?
2: Well, I'll do it a bit. No, no. Um, the now we're going with it. the other guy. Oh, you uh, went with Herschel. That's, that's right. right. Uh, right. Um, the henchman guy. What's his name? Stone. Stone. Oh wait. Stone. Before we do I mean. Stone, okay. Okay.
1: let's go with. Did you guys do General Scott Watson? I did. Kate Rayner's uh, boss. I didn't for some reason because he just kind of seemed inconsequential. Yeah. It, I, uh, I and I feel like he wouldn't be inconsequential if he was played by a better actor like Brian Cranston. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that wow. would be wow. it. So that. Um, all right. Okay, so okay. let's go with. We can go with Stone now. The
2: uh, the henchman. The Stone character. I think his name is. Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, the Negan character? No, not no, 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 no. no. I thought that would be Daniel a, Day-Lewis. Day-Lewis. That would be so weird to relegate Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day. Why do I have his? Why do I have Daniel Day-Lewis on the brain? The character who plays Negan. What's his name? The actor who plays Negan. Oh. It's
1: um, uh, uh, it's uh, John Winchester. No, no, no. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It was one of those three. No, names that's the character yeah. he plays in Supernatural Yeah, yeah. Is John Winchester. Yeah, it was it was it was a three name guy. I, was like, oh, I, don't Daniel, Daniel, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why Dean has three names. I'll drink on milkshake. <laughs> is he gonna play it like when he did Gangs of New York? Oh, he's be. oh, that was butcher. <laughs> that was amazing. That that's was a good, good performance. Guy. Now that actually would make an amazing. Bond-esque henchman with that fake eye uh-huh. and just kinda of,
0: oh. oh. I think
1: we have one of our first Remo Williams villains on yeah. cast cool. uh, for my stone I went with Jason Statham. Are you shitting me? No, no. did you do that? So did I. Did You guys cheat all of these? No, he wrote all his notes down. I've got all mine typed out here. I'm sitting way over there. His office is here. We did not share Which any just of this. kind of a God. British, we you had know. We have the same remote. Yeah. yeah, just kind of a you know Britishy action kind of guy, just a tough guy, a hooligan. Yeah, that's that's who what, doesn't talk much. Yeah, and he and doesn't have to. He doesn't have <laughs> to. He, he did kick some ass. He's got that diamond tooth. Monaghan <laughs> stone, Stoned. Stone. as in Sly in the Family. Uh, All right, so let's go on to, are we going to go with Grove Grove now? Yeah. Mm. Who's your Grove? I didn't do Grove, actually. I went with John Goodman. Man, that would be an amazing choice. Fucking A. Fucking A. I actually went with one of the original choices for Remo. Yeah, Ed and Harris. Dude. Dude. Yeah, after his performance in The Rock. I yeah, <laughs> mean his performance <laughs> in the outtakes in The Rock. <laughs> Holy... Hawk. That fucking psycho, man. I know. He is nuts. I Mark. just feel like he can be so icy cold, and that's what that character needed. Yes, he... Yeah, he he just... The thing was, he seemed like someone's dad. Like, just watching this whole movie, he just seemed like <laughs> some his drunk uncle. uncle. Yeah. Like, drunk <laughs> uncle. And not so much like a vicious villain. Yeah. Uh alright, so that leaves us with Chun. Who would be playing our Chun? None other than Glyn. Dude, he's like 20 <laughs> years old. But
2: still. I'm was, a 12-year-old he, he, master of Shin'anju. <laughs> and, and the guy in this one was white. So it's like it makes... You know it, what? It, it's like... It, enough. It, it's like Fair it, enough. It, it's, I know it's a little racist because he's the only Asian on the show, but still, it would at least be authentic wow. in that realm. Oh, Holy shit. Man. So
1: I had three options. I'll go through the the two that didn't quite make it, but okay. I, I almost went with. Jackie Chan. I thought that I first. thought that one. That was the first one. Chao yun Fat. <laughs> I, Excellent. I went Excellent with choice. Daniel Day Kim from Lost. Really? I wanted oh. Chun because he's... He, Daniel Day Kim is about 50. He's in his <laughs> 50s. And I think you could age him up a bit. But I think that he still has kind of that, that the youthful energy that Chun should have mm-hmm. while still being able to play older. Yeah. Uh, so that's... Uh, that's my with. So my first thought that I had was the Japanese. But uh, George Takei. Oh, oh wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whenever, you know, Remo walks in. No. Oh my. <laughs> oh my <laughs> That for some reason just went through my head. It's funny. But actually, he's Chinese. Uh, but I went with James Hong. Okay. Uh, like a moose. <laughs> <laughs> Big trouble in Little China. Oh yeah. Um, Blade Runner. Oh hell like, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. who went through my head is I think he would be I a Mr. Baton. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but just slow him down a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, he's a little good. twitchy. That's but I think I thought he'd be a great chun. Uh all of this I've got directed by uh David Leach who directed Hobbs and Shaw. Uh I think he would get both the action and the humor down for this. Do you guys have
2: directors? I didn't think I didn't I didn't a
1: choose a Deadpool. director, but if I were, I'd go find the guy whose name escapes me who did Oh wait, um, maybe the same guy. Did Deadpool. Yeah, David Leach yeah, did that's, Deadpool. That's what this needs. huh. Have, have you seen Hobbs and Shaw yet? No, not yet. Bro. Okay. Um, Bro, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Well, I've seen exactly one of the Fast and Furious movies. You don't need to see series. any yeah. of the Fast and yeah. Furious movies to okay. see Hobbs yeah. and Shaw. Okay. Hobbs and Shaw is fantastic. Uh, all right, so guys, before we start wrapping this up, uh, I found a very fun review. Well, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, did we have a cast Remo? Yeah we did. did. We We did. I'm sorry. No, you Who's yours. Oh that's right. You guys both already blew that. That's why I thought like (laughs) oh I thought we we've done that. (laughs) Who's your email? Actually I don't know why. It's like why the fuck are you moving (laughs) out? And I think it's purely because the third movie out of this trilogy just came out. Uh huh. But Keanu Reeves I thought would be a fun (laughs) because he's kind of just kind of there. Yeah, you know stoic character. I thought he might be, maybe give him a little more character than he has in, yes. in, in, in John, uh, Wick. John Wick, but I feel like Keanu Reeves would be a good choice. I am there. so happy that you've jumped on the John Wick train. Man, I, I honestly can't believe I had never seen them before. Oh, bro. Um, and then when you got me to watch the first two, you loaned, which I still have your DVDs. Um, or Blu rays, sorry. I'm such an old man. Do you have your DVDs? No, you don't. You gave them back, by the way. Oh, did I? Oh, okay, good. good. You still have Resident Evil. But you, you, you gave them back. John, you still have something. i I'll, I'll probably you're in my, got a lot. my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, those movies, my wife, and I was surprised how much Andrea loves those movies. Yes, and then after we watched them, we're like, so we probably shouldn't let the kids. Well, huh? maybe. Maybe. No. Yeah. Well, fuck it. Let's let the kids watch Hell it. Hell yes. They cannot get enough of those. Phones. We <laughs> laughed. So hard watching those movies. Oh, for real! As a family, it was such a weird family series of movies to watch. But yeah, I, I cannot thank you enough for making me get on the John Wick web. I love the choice of Keanu Reeves for this. I think yeah. John Bernthal looks like Fred Ward. He does. But I do think like the Connie, person that yeah. you cast for for Remo Williams now, we'll do better. I think yeah. Keanu Reeves would be it. Just somebody like that. Somebody kind of you know. But and Keanu Reeves can be kind of that you know loner or something. Maybe maybe he's not a cop. Maybe he's burnt out. You know. Uh, shell-shocked military or
2: something. Yeah, I mean, they said he had a... Yeah, that
1: works. I mean, they said he had a military background. Yeah, yeah bring that. something else into it. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, he could he could be the John Wick character, for God's sake. He could be a former, like, yeah. black, black ops, and, you know, he was getting ready to be discharged to go into the world again, and, like, the government had other plans. Like, nope, sorry. But if you play it into today's political environment, everything, kind of the whole thing with... You know it's not doing a great job of taking care of our veterans and stuff oh yeah you know maybe that's it he's been Bro. they've been paying attention to him and he's out on the streets and he's really at his end so they're like all right let's take him away yeah and then i i see a whole different story unfolding now with this that'd be so fun i would have to though now thinking about the story that way have to recast chun as somebody else somebody more <laughs> it be alex winter <laughs> <laughs> like for bill <real> tip <laughs> <my God. laughs> Already on, Remo. He's the first Uh, guy he kills. Alright, so there was a review that was written in 2003 of this movie by by uh, an IMDB user called The Homeboy. H-O-L-M? The (laughs) Homeboy. homeboy. So it's titled, This is an 80s action film, not The Matrix. Speaking of Keanu Reeves. And it goes like this. Look all you movie snobs out there. This is a classic 80s action flick and nothing more. Sure, there were some effects, but that's not the focus of the story. It's the interplay between Remo and Chun that makes this one shine. True. It has classic and memorable lines, and it was good enough for major plot points to be stolen later by the writers of The Matrix and Men in Black. If you want better action sequences, see those. If you want to see 80s action in all of its glory, get this one. One last point, wait, one last point. It's sad that the DVD doesn't have a widescreen option. <laughs> <laughs> but they gave this one the highest marks. Oh my! <laughs> so there you go. Uh, guys, if you have thoughts about Remo Williams, if you happen to have seen it, um, if there's anything that we've talked about that you disagree with or agree with, or if we've glossed over something that you'd like for us to talk about, we can always get back to you uh, on the, uh, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash editingbay, or in the search bar, put the editing bay in there, find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, click on that, and that's where you can talk back to us and, and let us know what you thought about the movie. And uh, and then if you have ideas for movies for us to talk about in the future, put your suggestions there. We'll also check those out. And check out our website at editingbay.com where you can see all of our uh, our past episodes. You can access our Patreon where we've got... because iTunes only lets us now have, at one point it was only 100 episodes, now it lets us stretch it out to 300, but yeah. we, st- we have more, more than, than 300. So if you want to access all of our archives, we do have a Patreon site, uh, and we're going to start putting together some exclusive content for that, which is going to be fun, uh, some some exclusive stuff with Tess giving you his ideas of movies, <laughs> and, just, and, and maybe educating Joel and I, and maybe Jason sometimes, so, Yeah, man, you, guys you know, need to learn. the stuff that his generation is into. Uh, but yeah, check that out. Editingbay.com, and you can follow us social media at the Editing Bay. I think that's our Twitter handle, uh, and I think we have an Instagram. I don't know. This buy is the part. Shirt. That buy shirt. Yeah, <laughs> buy a shirt, shirt. Which you bought? Yes, I did. Tess joins the show and he bought a shirt. I bought one. I don't know, Mine. Maybe not working in the office I'm yet. Like, i haven't gotten it. it.
2: Oh. <laughs>
1: had, has he refunded you your money yet? No, I no, but I, I haven't
2: gotten <laughs> my shirt yet either. Uh, all, all right. right. You're, you're going to get a so white t-shirt at the end of the video. i just going to write it tonight. <laughs> like grove. Like grove. Like grove. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> oh. All right, yeah, you can order a shirt there. Uh, Please leave us a rating and a review on your podcasting app. Five-star rating would be fantastic. And then leave a review. Let us know what you like about the show. Uh, Even if there's stuff that you think we can improve on, make it five-star criticism. That's cool. Because, honestly, if you leave less than five stars, if you've listened to this whole thing and you leave less than five stars... You're kind of a dick. Just a dick. Just a dick. (laughs) Look, we don't want dicks. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, as a former altar boy and cup star, I've had enough enough dicks in my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, so if you want to leave that one star now <laughs> on <George>. no, Facebook. <laughs> so leave a rating and a review. We'd appreciate that. Uh, next week, this is Joel's pick for next week. Uh, we're going to be bringing in uh, the Thanksgiving holiday uh, with a what he considers, I guess, a Thanksgiving classic. <laughs> Thanksgiving? No, not Thanksgiving. Do you want? Do you want to take one more guess? What it's going to be? Um Plains, trains, and... Oh, no. no, no, we couldn't possibly do something that good. Uh, now, we're going to be seeing the Adam Sandler classic, Jack and Jill. Oh, well, oh wait, not A Crazy Night. <laughs> oh,
2: that's, that's a Hanukkah movie. That, but, but still, I airplane like, goes over Thanksgiving
1: and of Christmas. The one where Adam Sandler plays oh. both twin brother and sister. Uh. And Al Pacino is in this movie for some reason. He gets drawn into it. You gotta, put, yep.
2: you gotta put that one clip. Up. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, from have you yeah, seen the Jason?
1: Are you familiar with the movie Hardcore with George C. Scott? Oh yeah, yeah, where his his daughter is like he finds out she's doing porn and he goes into the theater and sees it. And he's like, turn it off. Turn <laughs> so someone cut that together with the trailer to Jack and Jill. So it's like he's going in and he's watching that. We'll play that here in a second. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if it's streaming. It's probably streaming on Netflix. I'm sure every yeah. Adam Sandler movie is on Netflix. Yeah. Especially now with, like, Disney Plus has come out today. They're like, throw on all our big hitters. Jack and Jill. Oh, my God. Zohan. Someone's oh going to want to watch Whoa. that. Oh,
2: my God. Fucking
1: Zohan. <laughs> Zohan. About that. The fucking Zohan. Uh, yeah, so next week we're going to be talking about Jack and Jill. Uh, Jason, thank you so much. It's it's awesome having you back. On. Thank you, man. I really, I, I hope that maybe someday I can do this again and actually hit my stride again. But yeah. this is this, this—I really miss doing this. Yeah. And I'm just saying, if maybe a certain comic book turned movie turned HBO series makes it onto your list, <laughs> let me know. Oh fuck yeah! Well, no, i Gladly show up for that. I, one. I totally <laughs> hear you, man. Archie. Right? Yeah, it's Archie. Archie. <laughs> That's, it. That's the one I'm talking about. River, Riverdale. Riverdale. Yeah. We, we should talk yeah. about. <laughs> when we Jughead, starts blowing blue with his dong out. Guys, oh. did you guys ever see the uh, the comic book Punisher meets Archie? No, No. I have to bring it in. (laughs) There's a comic where Archie meets the Punisher. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's just as amazing as you think it's going to be. Oh, Uh, all right, guys, we're going to wrap this up again. Thank you, Jason Tess. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joel. Always a pleasure. pleasure. Jeff, thank you very much. (laughs) 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 Sounds very big. Guys, thank you so much. We'll see you next week for Jack and Jill. Catch you later.